What's up? What's happening, everybody? Episode 80 of Thinking Logically. We're back for an, with an all-new episode. Joe, we survived Election Day. Uh, what's going on over there in Beaver County? Deep red Beaver County. Deep red, except for, I guess, the Attorney General's race, uh, which we didn't like that guy anyway. Um, yeah, Western Pennsylvania, Beaver County has always been known as a for the most part, considering Allegheny's right next to it, a Republican stronghold. Um, but I'm satisfied with it. I know you're not satisfied with how it went out your way. There was a certain certain individual that got in that neither one of us wanted, but that affects you, I think, greatly. Go tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, well, Beaver County is now uh, a deep red uh, county. And for those of you listening that don't know, about Beaver County. It's northwest of Pittsburgh, about 30 minutes northwest of Pittsburgh. And a lot of national political, we'll call them pundits or pollsters, really were gauging Beaver County in the 2020 election. It's a great cross-section of, of America, really. Uh, but in Allegheny County, we had a Allegheny County executive race here at who controls the county uh, government, the county budget. It's over a billion-dollar budget. And Allegheny County, where Pittsburgh is, is two to one Democrat to Republican. Major, major advantage for Democrats here in Allegheny County. But the uh, Republican nominee, Joe Rocky, running as a centrist, only lost to progressive, liberal, loony left, Sarah Inamorato, probably part of the squad down the road, 51 to 49. So this was the closest county executive race since 1999 um trying to look for some silver lining here and um you know it was a tough defeat tough to stomach uh having a progressive left-wing liberal in charge of allegheny county government but rocky did well you know if you're looking for any sort of silver lining so also we had um you think do you think more of rocky doing well or the fact that they ran someone that is pretty left and it kind of turned a little bit of people off because that seat should have been won like a 55-45. Yeah, uh, both, both, you know. He had a lot of Democrats supported him. He had a lot of the building trades, uh, labor unions uh, that supported him. Uh, the only other thing, you know, was that the Soros-funded DA candidate, a Democrat, Matt Dugan, uh, lost to incumbent Stephen Zappala, who Dugan defeated Zappala in the spring in the primary on the Democratic ticket. Zapala won a writing campaign on the Republican side. Zapala ran as a Republican against Dugan. Dugan completely funded by George Soros. It's a fact. So Zapala beats Dugan. So the people crossed back over uh, party lines to vote for Stephen Zapala when they voted for Sarah and Murado. So a uh, little bit of good there. We don't have to deal with a Soros-funded DA here in Allegheny County, but... Um, we will have to deal with Sarah Inamorato for the next four years. Joe, can you name me one place in America that progressive ideas work? We'll get to it later, but California, the last 48 to 72 hours. <laughs> we are going to get into that. We are going to get into that. So, uh, but uh, recurring guest, Roman Kozak who uh, he's been on the show multiple times in the past. He has announced his candidacy for state representative in Beaver County. 
I, I have to say, it reminds me of the scene in Godfell- Goodfellas, whenever uh, it's like he's Joe Pesci, and where <laughs> I'm Robert De Niro, and you could be Ray Liotta, or we could do vice versa. Actually, I'll be Ray, Ray Liotta. I don't care. We're finally gonna have one of ours made. One yeah. of ours is finally gonna be an office. <laughs> so I good luck to Roman. I hope they don't shoot him. Please treat Roman nicely, guys. I'm sure the Meaver County Democrats will label him as a. Uh, ultra Christian nationalist, right wing extremists. So uh, I told Roman, get ready. The attacks will be coming your way. So uh, good luck, Roman. Will... County. We could put the memes on the billboards in Beaver County for the Democrats. You could. Maybe we should do a uh, a campaign, a GoFundMe to buy billboards in Beaver County. I mean, I, I definitely could put, we could literally put the memes on the billboards. Can we, we do that? Drive by. Yeah. I mean, we. People, the only thing is that the memes are going to be so good, you're going to have you're, you're going to have a increase in auto claims. Let's just say that from people staring. Uh, hey, it's protected under the First Amendment. It has to be freedom of speech, right? Yeah, but you see how that's under attack as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got some uh, Catholic news. We're going to go over. Don't forget to remind me, Joe. I'm going to have to put this down on our in our uh, our sheet here uh, that we want to talk about. And uh, but first, we are going to lead off with President Xi, the 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 big man in charge for the Chinese Communist Party, is coming to the United States. Joe, is he coming to visit our friends over at Westinghouse to see how their nuclear reactors are going, or what is his agenda here when he? Traverses the Pacific Ocean. I think, uh, no, the king doesn't come here to visit the vassals, unless it's something very important. <laughs> uh, the Westinghouse people were going over the to China. <laughs> now, let's, let's take a look at the timeline here. So, we, the, it was last episode or two episodes ago, we covered this. Newsom went to China, unannounced completely, and kissed the ring. Now, it's announced that she is coming here and Biden's going to meet with him, but he's coming to California. So Newsom's going to be involved too. And then we had to touch on what we said earlier about liberal policies and far left policies. She's going to come to California and we have a giant cleanup effort ongoing in California to make it nice for, I, I don't even know what, you, what, what, analogy to use but let's just play a videotape of gavin newsom being interviewed at a press conference i know folks say oh they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town um that's true because it's true but it's let's just play also show. true for months and months and months prior to apec we've been having different conversations okay so we're gonna link a few videos together here this was obviously asked at the White House press conference briefing, and I think it was Jake Sullivan. Um, yeah, Jake Sullivan was at the podium, and you could tell he just wanted to not be there. Yeah. been said of the clean up this. I know folks are saying, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming to town. That's true. Does President Biden agree it's more important to impress the leader of China than the American people that live in San Francisco and pay taxes every day? First, I completely reject the premise of your question. But secondly, I don't know what the context of what Governor Newsom said, so I, I won't respond to it. 
Okay, he's no better than Kareem Jean-Pierre. Mark, I'm going to give you the floor to get your opinion here on a minute. First, I'm going to go on another one of my rants, but I want to play, this is this is Biden just moments ago, right before we hopped on. Um, Biden talking about people experiencing homelessness. Last year heart. alone, natural disasters in America caused $178 billion, $178 billion in damages. They hit everyone, no matter where, what their circumstances, but they hit the most vulnerable, the hardest, seniors, people with disabilities, people experiencing homelessness who have nowhere to turn, black, brown, and tribal communities, territories that are most exposed and lead heavily. But what I wanted to get to, he said, the, the people experiencing homelessness are, are hit the hardest by climate change. Give me a break. So we got this cleanup effort going on in California to make it nice and neat for Xi Jinping. If you're a major U.S. city, Mark, you got to be crossing your fingers and saying, boy, I hope she comes here next. But to my overall point, I, I, I thought about this, and it's it's funny because China is the one kind of responsible for this mess in California. If you think about it, this homelessness problem is mostly, we can all agree, because of drugs, or drugs plays a, a, a major factor. And the drug at the top of the list, Mark, in our audience, is fentanyl. Or just, I guess, opiates in general, but fentanyl is the main one out of all the opiates. So how do these drugs get into America? Well, from our southern border, of course. I mean, it's from China through Mexico. It's basically like the opium wars of, I believe, the late 1800s between China and Britain. Except we, the United States, we're China, and they, they're playing the role of Britain. It's it's a form of indirect warfare against our civilian population. And you have to admit, if you've been watching the news the last five, seven years, it's working rather well. China, they're just using these Mexican cartels as a proxy. You can make the argument it's no different than how we use Ukraine as a proxy against Russia or so many other examples. Uh, it's like the Godfather, Mark, when Philip D'Italia uses Don Barzini to put a hit out on Don Corleone. And to boot, the reason was because Vito Corleone wouldn't get on board with the heroin dealing from the Turk. I mean, this this stuff is so bad, even the Italian mob refused to deal in it for the longest time. And when they did, it led to their downfall. Also, like The Godfather 3, I guess, if you've ever seen that one, it's, it's by far the worst. With Joey Cesar, he put a hit out on Michael. He was also in dealing, dealing in opiates. But speaking of that movie... The only question is, who is our real enemy? Is it white nationalism? Is it MAGA republicanism? Is it climate change? Is it Russia? Is it radical Islam? Is it China? Or has our true enemy yet to reveal, I guess in 2023, you got to say they themselves or he, she, has our true enemy yet to reveal themselves? Mark? You know, I was watching uh, Get Gaudy on Netflix, and uh, we were just talking about this before we jumped on. And one of the rules of La Cosa Nostra is or was that they were to never get involved with dealing drugs. They thought that if you were if you were dealing drugs, you'd get caught on the street, and then you'd get pinched, and you'd become a rat. So. Dealing drugs was one of the rules. Never dealing drugs was one of the rules of La Cosa Nostra. Uh, this 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes it makes all the sense of the world the way you lay this out. And it makes you wonder, well, then why is our southern border so porous? Why is our southern border, southern border wide open? Why do we allow these mass quantities of fentanyl to make it into our country? If we had a secure southern border, we'd be able to choke a lot of these drugs off before they even got here. So is... Who's working together? Let's put it that way. Who's working together? Do we think Xi knows about the fentanyl uh, exportation from China into Mexico? Do you think Xi knows about fentanyl crossing the border from Mexico into the, from the drug cartels here into, the, into America? Uh, we would happen to think that President Biden would have, have to know that uh, as the leader of this country. What's happening? But then again, they might be shielding him from all of this stuff and might not even be telling him. Um, you played that clip, Joe, and I just thought to myself, we we, we really don't, we really aren't going to listen to this for another four years, right? This, this can't be can't four be months. Possible. We can't do four months. <laughs> it just sounds so weak and so frail. So, but Joe Biden says, I think he said it again yesterday, Joe, the greatest threat to, threat to humanity is climate change. The greatest threat to the United States of America is what? White nationalism, I believe he said. So... You guys can How about carjackings? We'll, we'll get to later. That's a greater threat right now. Yeah. You guys can draw your own conclusions uh, with all of that and what the real threat is and uh, and where it comes from. But uh, just understand that the fentanyl is coming from China. It is being shipped to Mexico, not to the United States, to Mexico, where then it is coming across our southern border through the drug cartels all right that is how this is working and it is still causing havoc and destruction and death in a lot of our communities especially those uh along the southern border so joe i yield my time it's 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 honestly the godfather references were amazing it's, it's almost like someone took like the script of the godfather mixed it with the opium wars the a real life event like how they did with game of thrones how the how he took real life events in England and, and mixed them in with fantasy. It's, it's, it, it, it's amazing. I, I, yeah, the war of the roses. I, I just, I don't understand how people don't see it. And we really don't know who our true enemy is because we got the president, our president of the United States telling us it's white nationalism, it's MAGA Republicanism. And then you look in California and you look at what's going on in, in the middle East and, in eastern europe and you're like well wait a minute can is this really the most dangerous thing going on right now white na white nationalism yeah. climate change by the uh, way shouldn't climate change be good for homeless people wouldn't it make it a little bit warmer where they're at the so they won't have to freeze in the winter just just a thought it's already warm in california it's, it's too hot now in california i guess now it's gonna well in the bay area it gets kind of cold in the winter but what do we know no, we're not well, ready. you know, what can, if when it gets kind of cold here in these late fall mornings, why not set a giant tire mattress fire under the 10 freeway mark? That's our next news story. Traffic nightmare. The 10 freeway just south of downtown Los Angeles will be closed indefinitely due to a fire that erupted underneath the busy interstate. Uh, you could you could look at the pictures for yourself. If I was a firefighter. I'd rather I'd rather go in and I don't care. I'm going to say it. I'd rather go into building one of the 9/11 buildings. I'd rather go into one of the World 
Trade Center towers on 9-11. Then underneath that bridge were all them drugs and stuff were just burnt up. Lord knows what's underneath there. How stable it is. Oh, you got to look at the pictures. But <laughs> I saw I saw something about this on the news. Um, I, I, I don't. I saw that it was under or above an above an uh, homeless encampment, correct? Yes, correct. That that is that is where it started at a homeless encampment. That's underneath the overpass or or whatever it is. And this is this is a very important highway. I've never been to Cal- to Los Angeles. This is a very important highway, and it's a, a time of the year, Mark, where a lot of people travel. Yeah, the I ten it what uh it runs east west in Los Angeles, I believe. Right, so. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's closed indefinitely. Wow. Speaking of homeless encampments, I see that they are dismantling a homeless encampment in Pittsburgh, right off of the I-376 Grant Street exit that takes you to downtown. Uh, there was a homeless encampment there, very close to the uh, interstate. And uh, apparently the Ganey administration is dismantling the homeless encampment. So there'll be... um forced to seek shelter somewhere else, the unhoused population, as they call them here in uh, liberal Allegheny County. But uh, this, Joe, this I-10, I mean, this is an absolute, like like it says here, an absolute nightmare. Uh, Traffic is probably one of the worst things about Los Angeles, and that's saying a lot. But to have this road closed down, I mean, they put, they got the interstate in Philly up rather quickly, right? Uh, in a couple of weeks, so hopefully they can Listen, do something with this. This story about ten, especially during the holiday travel time, when we back when we were a normal society, three, four, five years ago before COVID, this would have been the number one story on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC. It would front, front page cover. There would be nothing else going on with that story. Yeah, yeah, that's but a big one. <clears throat> bigger, bigger than this next one. When I saw this, I thought. I didn't think of the carjacking situation. I thought, man, they must really have Biden's family pinpointed if they're going after his granddaughter. I mean, leave her out of it. But go ahead. Okay. So. It never occurred to me that this was a carjacking. I thought this out they were targeting her as a member of the uh, the royal family, we'll call them. So this is, almost reminds me of episode 24, like in the beginning when I think uh, – this one of the senator's daughters is kidnapped and Jack Bauer has to try to save her. But I'll just play Peter Ducey, the Fox News alert. Well, about Secret Service opening fire to protect President Biden's granddaughter, Peter. Yes, the car jacking and car stealing problem in Washington, D.C. has now extended to somebody with Secret Service protection. At 11.58 p.m. last night in Georgetown, which is about a mile and a half from where we're standing right now, I... Uh, Secret Service officers who are assigned to protect Naomi Biden, that's President Biden's granddaughter, Hunter Biden's daughter, opened fire at three people who were trying to steal one of the Secret Service vehicles. We don't know exactly (laughs) what kind of a car this was, but according to the Secret Service, who just sent us a statement, Secret Service agents encountered possibly three individuals breaking a window on a parked and unoccupied government vehicle during the encounter a federal agent discharged a service weapon and it is believed no one was struck the offenders immediately fled the scene in a red vehicle and a regional lookout was issued to supporting units that means that somebody tried to steal a secret service car from the agents that were protecting the president's granddaughter and they got away they're still out there this morning 
Back to you. Wow. Okay. So, first thing, uh, just a couple things, because that's a lot to take in. Again, back when we were in normal society, this would be the number one story for four weeks or months. But this is, I think, already out of the news cycle now. Uh, they're never going to find this person or people for numerous reasons. Number one, they couldn't find whoever had the baggie of cocaine in the White House, which we just got due to Freedom of Information Act, a photo of. It's literally a bag of cocaine in a small bag that looks exactly like the ones from the Hunter Biden laptop stuffed in a locker. Anyway, they're healthy they're bag of Coke, by the way. Very healthy bag of Coke. That yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Hey, that wasn't that was close to that was close to an eight ball than it was a tweener. Let's just say that. Okay. Yeah, let's say that. It wasn't your typical plastic baggie tied up into a knot at the top. <laughs> that was a nice Ziploc seal to that bag. <laughs> so so number two, they can't find. They couldn't find the cocaine. They, they can't find these people. What, what are they going to do? And I'm, I'm just again, I'm just going to say it because I don't care. If these people are not white nationalists, Mark, are they going to put them on the news and say, "Hey, these three illegal aliens just did this to the president's daughter," or these three black teens just did this to the president's granddaughter? They can't do that. These people have to disappear forever because it's bad for the narrative. Do you understand? How do you think it works, Joe? Like, say they were uh, three, uh, we'll just use, we'll just do the term minorities. We'll do a, a blanket statement there. <laughs> Illegals, minorities. Do you think if it was them and the news, the media knew about it, they would probably sit there and say, we can't cover this? Like, we can't, we can't report on who they these people probably, are? They were probably warned at 4 a.m. across the wire to don't even, don't even bring it up. Just cover it as minimally as possible, and we'll just move on. There'll be something else ridiculous that happens in a couple hours. Don't you worry. They can't cover it. They can't cover it because as soon as you think a minute, wait, wait a minute. We're being told that that MAGA Republicanism and Trumpism and and and, and white nationalism is the real problem in this country. And the president's granddaughter was just nearly carjacked, kidnapped. Who knows? But this could be a cover story for maybe it was Chinese nationals. I don't know. Ukraine nationals. They were at the White House on January 6th, according to Jake, who he just had on a couple weeks ago. I, I, I don't know. This is this this is wild times to be alive. There is also the scenario of this, Joe, that we probably didn't think about. Or maybe you did. What if these guys that carjacked the car didn't know that that was the president's granddaughter? And they somehow kidnap her, not knowing it's the president's granddaughter. I mean, <laughs> you think that that's, could, that's a possibility? That could, honestly, I, I would I would laugh in your face had you said that even a year ago. But what I've watched unfold, they, they, again, you, you could say, well, no, because the secret service, well, the secret service agents can't figure out who who got the bag of cocaine in the White House, so they can't be exactly. They're more like the Keystone cops than they are, from what I understand. The elite of the elite. I'm not saying anything against it, but something's clearly being covered up here in general and what's going on in those walls. Also, I thought she was living at the White House. Is she not living at the White House anymore? Like Hunter? I, I, the granddaughter's I, living at the White House? I, yeah, one of them was. I'm pretty sure that was the same one. Where are her parents? Is this Hunter's Hunter's daughter? Yeah. Okay, Naomi's Hunter's daughter. Okay. Maybe maybe Hunter owed drug money. <laughs> you could make. Hey, if if this I never thought about that. Listen, if this was Trump Junior's daughter, and this happened to him, 
that they, they would fling those accusations like monkeys throwing turds at the zoo. I'm telling you. Jeremy Biden looks pretty good. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, 100%. Okay, so she's, okay, yeah. Interesting. The whole story's rather interesting. Yeah. This is like the opening scene of season four, I think, of the show 24 with Jack Bauer, except it's the senator's daughter, I think. <laughs> she just got married, apparently, according to NPR. Good well, good for her. So so whose daughter is she then? Is it Hunter's? Uh, Hunter, the oldest daughter of Hunter Biden and Kathleen Buell. Okay. She's 29. Yeah, she was married last year. Good for her. She went to Sidwell Friends. I think that's the same school that uh, the uh, Obama daughters went to in Washington, D.C. Go figure. It's amazing. Amazing. Sidwell Friends. Well, I'm glad she's okay and still alive. I hope they find the people that did this, but I'm not going to hold my breath, Mark. These guys are just real jerks, apparently. That's right. She got married at the White House. Yeah, okay. I remember this now. Yeah. Well, it could have been. It could have been... Hunter's drug dealers going going back for, you know. These people are still out on the street. They're going to do it again. <laughs> like, that's a pretty high bar. Like, once yeah. once you carjack the president's da- granddaughter, there's really not that much more. You, you uh, I was under the impression that not a lot of, like, violent crime took place there in, in like, D.C. around the White House and around where... A lot of these um, federal buildings are. It no, apparently, could be wrong. Apparently, it is like Mad Max, um, the second one, the Red Warrior. Apparently, <laughs> it's apparently exactly like that. Again, this is a big story, like, but we're not going to hear any more of it. So, all right, let's move on to the next story that we're not going to hear anything else from, and that is James Comer signing subpoenas for. Hunter Biden, James Biden, and Rob Walker. I have a video attached, but it's just, I think it's just him signing. Yeah, it's just him signing. They're not going to do our audience any good. Oh, Jamie Comer. So, yeah. Remember, so, Mark. Well, just, just remember, precedents were set two years ago. They can't ignore this subpoena. They'll go to jail like everyone in Trump's inner circle did. So that's yeah. that's the best point you can make. Uh, how long do they have to respond to the subpoena or appear before uh, Congress. Does it vary? Is it 30 days? or I, If I had to guess, I'd say 30 days if I had to guess. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see. We'll see if they if they testify uh, in front of uh, under oath. I mean, even if they lie, Joe, they know that they're probably going to get... They perjure themselves and, well, and, are, and are indicted on perjury. They're just going to get pardoned anyway when Biden leaves the White House. So it really doesn't. That, that's it. This is like this is probably like fourth down. It's not even fourth and goal. It's it's fourth and long, and you're still in your own territory. But if this fails, Biden's going to have to pardon them and probably leave. There, there's yeah. no other. There's no other route. Um, Dan Bongino has a theory, Joe, on this, and that is that he believes. Biden is going to exit the race eventually, but he's going to be able to pardon everyone in his family who is um, 
say just say guilty of something or whatever, or found guilty of, of a crime. And um, he believes basically that either, you know the media will leave him alone if he exits the race and pardons whoever, and that'll be it. So we'll see. I, if I, have, I have to agree completely, but here here's here's where the battle is. So that that happens. Biden leaves office. The media, like you said, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna cover the story at all. But we're dealing in the court of public opinion now going forward into 2024. I think it's proven we cannot not only trust like the FBI or our government, but definitely not the mainstream media. So if he pardons his son, his brother, and it's about stuff like this, selling out the country and making money, I think and with in the court of public opinion, the entire Dem establishment is gonna fall with it. Or start to. You're gonna see it crumble. Yeah. Um possibly anyone with, half a, anyone with half a brain that isn't complete. You're gonna like would you want to defend this stuff in public coming up in an election year? Like what are your options? Just say I don't talk about politics. You're you're not gonna defend what Biden's done the last three or four years. Yeah, if, but a lot of it doesn't translate into down ballot races. That's all. I'm yeah, okay. I, 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 I'll see you there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I gotta agree with you there. It, it could, it could. Um, we know the top of the ticket always that carries the most weight, but you know we've seen in the past that Obama, who was by and large very popular, you know, a lot of the Democrats in those years, oh eight and twelve, were horrible, or you know, performed horribly down ballot. So I don't know. It's 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 weird. The electorate is a very weird makeup, and it's hard to predict a lot of these things, even when you have reliable polling, which leads us to our next topic here, Joe. And that is uh, Democratic Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia is not going to seek reelection next year. When I saw this, Joe, I thought this was a gift from the political gods that Joe Manchin is not going to run for uh senate joe manchin very popular democrat in west virginia he basically is the democratic party in west virginia the governor now is probably the front runner to uh win the republican nomination jim justice so when i saw this i thought to myself okay well the senate right now joe is what 51 49 mm-hmm. all right Fifty-one forty-nine, or is it fifty? Well, 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 one of them died. One of them's dead, but then they got replaced. So yeah, fifty-one forty-nine. <laughs> is that what it is? Is it fifty-one forty-nine? I think. It, well, there's there. No, I think it's forty-eight. Forty-eight. Because there's also um, independents too that vote with the Dems, but well, I think it's saying fifty-one forty-nine here. Just doing a quick Google search as of uh, last December. Yeah. So. Wait. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. All right. Fifty-one forty-nine. All right. So. Jim Justice will win senator. A Republican's going to win the senator in West Virginia. Lock. Easiest lock in the country. So that brings us to 50-50. Okay? So I'm trying to be optimistic here. Um, that means the Democrats, I think, are, are defending 24 seats. Then the Republicans are defending like 13 or something like that. The de- Democrats are defending way more seats than the Republicans are. So uh, looking here, just some CNN. The 10 Senate seats most likely to flip in 2024. This is, when we say enormous, 
This is the biggest thing that could possibly happen in government is having the Senate flip to Republican and God willing, Trump winning the election next year. Joe, we can see our dreams become reality if that happens. I do think the Senate is going to flip. All right. So now we're at 50, 50, 50. Okay. So that brings us to Montana incumbent Democrat, John Tester. Uh, this is going to be a tough one to flip, even though Montana is very Republican. Uh, Tester is, is is pretty popular in, in uh, Montana, but um, he'll have some competition there from Tim Sheehy or Matt Rosendale. So keep an eye on Montana. Ohio, a what's becoming a deep red state for the most part. Trump's expected to win Ohio by probably eight to 10 points. J.D. Vance won the Senate race there uh, in 2022. The incumbent is Democrat Sherrod Brown. Again, very popular in um, Ohio. But uh, Bernie Moreno, State Senator Matt Dolan, and Secretary of State Frank LaRose are all going to challenge each other for the Republican nominee and take on Sherrod Brown there. So look for Ohio to probably to be at least a toss-up, if not lean Republican. Joe, Pennsylvania, Democrat Bob Casey. This is going to be a tough seat for the Democrats to defend. Uh, I don't know. Bob Casey is very popular here in Pennsylvania. I believe he's on his fifth term. He's going against Dave McCormick, who has deep pockets. I, I still think Casey wins Pennsylvania in 24, even if Trump carries Pennsylvania. Um, I still think Casey will win. Um, just my just my opinion. I mean, John, 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 John Fetterman won. If Bob Casey, something had to have changed, or else Bob Casey is a shoe in. Come on, right? I, and I hate I hate Bob Casey. He's 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 worse than Fetterman because he actually has a brain and can walk and talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you forgot to mention Mark. Um, really good analysis, by the way. But the amount of money it's gonna cost Democrats to even try to win some of them Senate seats, for sure. For sure, especially these ones we're, we're listing here, uh, these con- these ones that are going to be hotly contested. I mean, these races, some of these races are going to come down to razor thin margins. Arizona incumbent Kirsten Cinema, the independent, she'll be going up against most likely Carrie Lake, aka Arizona, or Carrie Lake podcast. So, Joe, right now, if you had to say who would win this race between Carrie Lake and Kirsten Cinema, honest opinion. Well, it's technically a three-way race because is Mark is Mark Kelly in the race too? Ruben no? Gallego. Okay, okay, uh, representative. So, I think it has to be Carrie Lake. You can't say anything with Arizona because you saw what happened on election day in Maricopa County. Um, Katie Hobbs, then candidate, now governor, knew for for months that there was issues with machines in Maricopa County. Did nothing, and then we had those issues on election day and thereafter, and. Carrie Lake did not win the election, apparently. Uh, I don't see how she can lose. She has name identification now. She's always with with floating around Trump. There's, there was talk about about her being a fight VP pick, possibly. Yeah. Her as a senator, at the, I mean, she, she's a good mouthpiece. I would like to see that. I, if I had my pick, I'd say absolutely, but is the game rigged? Is this the 19, whatever, whatever it is, 12 World Series with the Black Sox? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you really can't trust anything in Arizona. That's the problem. I don't know how a border state could vote Democrat when you have literally illegal aliens crossing your border by the thousands every day. 
It's completely invaded the state of Arizona, but whatever. Uh, Nevada, incumbent Democrat Jackie Rosen. Um, you know, Trump's up in Nevada by like 10 points right now. So over Biden. So I'm sure she'll have some competition. Nevada is, this is going to be one of those uh, races that's going to be, again, razor thin. We thought uh, that the Republican, I forget the the, uh, the uh, candidate, was, was going to win in 2022. Uh, help me, Joe, think of that. Um, who was it? Uh, the Senate race in 22 in Nevada. Um, Adam Laxalt uh, lost yeah. to Catherine Cortez Masto, and we thought Laxalt Polling was showing Laxalt was winning into the last week, but uh, Cortez Masto uh, hung on. Wisconsin Democrat Tammy Baldwin. Um, again, this, they think this is going to be a, uh, a tight race here in Wisconsin in a race that they will see. Well, they will have to defend uh, kind of hard, even though Wisconsin is still leaning Democrat. I just don't understand Wisconsin. Uh, finally, or we have two more, three more here. Michigan Democrat Debbie Stabenow. She's retiring. So this is an open open seat, basically. And uh, Mike Rogers, he's a former re- a representative. Uh, looks like uh, he will be the, the nominee on the Republican side. So we'll see what happens here. If Trump carries Michigan, don't, you know, expect Michigan maybe to turn red here in the Senate as well. Uh, Texas, they're saying Republican Ted Cruz is going to is uh, is a his seat is in is in danger. I, I'm not sure. I don't I'm not, I don't have a good pulse on what's going on in Texas, but. Um, Who's going to beat him, Beto O'Rourke again somehow? <laughs> well, this has been the, every six years a story happens. In te- every every election cycle in Texas, it's purple state. It's a purple state. Yeah. Well, they're saying Democratic Representative Colin uh, Allred is going to go up against Ted Cruz, and they're saying it's purple because of all the people that move there from California. You know, I think that's why it's becoming a purple. You know, why are they moving from California? If if they if they move from California and they vote for the same policies that made them move I, California, that makes them. I agree. That, that doesn't make them very bright people. So. Yeah. And then finally, last one here, Joe, Florida Republican Rick Scott. Um, they're saying here, former Democratic Representative Debbie uh, Marcusel Powell, she'll, she'll be taking on Rick Scott. I'm not sure how Rick Scott can be in danger here. Florida is a deep red state now. So I'm not sure uh, about that one. But Joe, the Senate is super, super important. And I think we're going to flip it. I think it's going to be 51-49 or 52-48 in the Senate after the 2024 election. And uh, that's if it's held right now. So keep in mind, we still got a lot of game left to go here in, in the 2024 of what people are going to have to witness. You're right. Things could and, and probably will get a lot worse uh, between now and then. So I, I don't see some of these blue states just, you know, going exponentially up and in, in, in having just let's just say that especially with the policies they have right so all right let's move on to hillary clinton joe what do you got uh hillary clinton is well joe manchin's gone and hillary clinton is back 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 back, back, back. okay so i believe she was on the view maybe i, I don't know what this is from wait did uh, i see the view is not coming back next year exactly not ah. coming back i wonder why i wonder why uh because they had a, a, a terrible point of view. One of their biggest mouthpieces of the uh, loony left. I know. Um, this is Hillary Clinton on The View talking about Trump and comparing him to, of all people, you guessed it, Mark, Hitler. Saying Hitler was duly elected. Trump is telling us what he intends to do. People would get legitimately elected 
And then they would try to do away with elections and do away with opposition and do away with a free press. And you could see it in countries where, well, Hitler was duly elected. That's right. Right. And so all of a sudden, somebody with those tendencies, though, dictatorial, authoritarian tendencies would be like, oh, OK, we're going to shut this down. We're going to throw these people in jail. And, and they didn't usually telegraph that. Trump is telling us yeah. what he intends to right. do. See, th- this is why, Mark, and going back to Biden, if, if he's taking it, it, it's not going to work because Biden did all those things. Remember the red speech? Remember uh, his uh, Department of Justice, Attorney General Merrick Garden, chasing people down from January 6th and throwing them in jail, persecuting political prisoners here? It's It's been going on the last three years. All Trump said was words. Say, when I come back, I might do the same things you guys did. Only I might have a good reason for it. And look, compared to Hitler. Hitler. Hitler was duly elected. <laughs> which, which, okay, fact check. I, he was. He was. Yeah. Okay. But so was Donald Trump. You were not. Boom. <laughs> Happy birthday to this future president. Oh, that'll live in infamy. Greatest tweet of all time. Um, all right, let's move on here to our next topic. Uh, Hamas and the Associated Press. Joe, this is this is from Libs of TikTok, and this this came out, I believe it was last last Friday. I want to say, photographers working for the AP, CNN, the New York Times, and Reuters accompanied Hamas terrorists into Israel on October seventh. They were ready and waiting to snap photos of the attack early Saturday morning. Did they know the attack was coming? And then you could see the guy on a motorcycle with a journalist clearly riding on the same motorcycle filming, and it looks like he might have a hand grenade, Mark. I can't tell. Hmm. Uh, I don't believe this story for a second. Um, well, I believe that there were journalists there when this happened, but I do not believe that they were accompanying terrorists into Israel on October 7th. There is no possible way that they would have Hamas is going to let journalists know hey we're going to attack Israel be here or be square no that did not happen right I think they probably tipped them off to something hey maybe you know we have something going on here be show up at this time you know probably that's probably along the lines of what happened you know hey we're going to give you a tip be here at 3 p.m blah 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 there is no way that they tipped the journalists off that they were going to invade Israel when literally Israel claims that they didn't know it was going to happen. So I don't buy this story that they were embedded with Hamas and they were in on the attack as well. Wait, what? But Yeah, okay. Here's the story I'm looking for. Oh, wait. I heard Bongino talk about this and I heard Breaking Points talk about this. And... I'm going to side with breaking points here, Sagar and Jetty and Crystal Ball, that for the reasons I just said, um, there's just no way these journalists knew what was going to what was going down. And it wasn't like they were there, like, uh, you know, at the attack of that rave. I mean, they, they probably were there a little bit later on after this thing had already started. Uh, if you look at the timestamps, I believe that they were it was like later on in the day. So Here, here's the thing, Mark. Here's the thing. And this is from 2021. The Associated Press um, apparently had no idea 
that Hamas militants were operating in the same news agency Gaza headquarters as them. A U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said Monday that he has seen no evidence presented by Israel of the group's presence in the building. Now, I only question it because of the people that immediately say, no, this can't be possible. But this is from 2021. Let me see what month. This is from May 17th of 2021. Again, Hamas claim um, planned. Blinken see no evidence of presence in their HQ. So the AP in their headquarters supposedly had Hamas militants in the same office space. Again, we don't know it's true. We're not there. But this is, this is, these rumors have been going on since 2021. So I'm just saying I wouldn't rule anything out. But it make if if true. I I mean, does this does this paper have to dissolve? You would think it would have to. That, that's got to be it because at a certain point you're not you're not reporting the news. You're part of the offensive. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no war declared. It's one thing if it's like World War II, and a camera crew is going in with U.S. soldiers into the jungles in the Philippines or something like that in 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 Europe. The, this is a surprise, surprise attack. It's got to be it for a, the AP, if true. Yeah. Well, I, I just don't, I just don't see that. But I mean, you bring up a good point. So um, I, normally, I would agree with you, but you know, back when we were a normal society, I would say there's no yeah. chance today. Anyway, let's move on to so, Spain. Well, well no, I, no, I have to. Um, I want to bring up this this Bill Maher uh, oh, thing. Okay. Um, before you talk about um, oh, the Vox founder shot in the face. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But I, I wanted to bring this up. Um, so this is from Bill Maher. And Bill Maher has been dishing out red pill after red pill uh, in the last several months about the woke left. And for as liberal as Bill Maher is, he's about sick and tired of the wokeness. So... Uh, and he's also apparently sick and tired of Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama. So let's read the quote from Obama here, and I'll give you Bill Maher's response. Um, Barack Obama said, what Hamas did was horrific, and there is no justification for it. And what is also true is that the occupation and what's happening to Palestinians is unbearable, Obama said. If you want to solve the problem, then you have to take in the whole truth. And then you have to admit nobody's hands are clean, that all of us are complicit to some degree. All right, so... Uh, that was the quote. It says on, on Friday, this is from Fox News, Maher accused Obama of pushing moral equivalency between the Jewish state and the Palestinian terrorist group. This is an interesting quote, Joe. And I, I want your, your opinion here after I'm done. I must say I'm struggling with people's moral equivalency still, Maher said during a panel discussion. I mean, Barack Obama, who has rarely disappointed me, did so this week. His statement, I mean, it's not a horrible statement, but he said, if you want to solve the problem, then you have to take in the whole truth and then you have to admit Nobody's hands are clean. Literally, that's true, of course, which I agree with as well. But just giving two examples where this is, I don't think, a helpful statement at this moment. First of all, the attack was only a month ago, a more savage attack than we've ever seen in reverse. There's a big difference between collateral damage and what Hamas did. Secondly, the Israelis are now on the four-hour pause for people to get out. So people say, oh, wow, how big of them? Okay, but it is a war and that the other side started. It's so interesting. When they fired at Israel, it's a war. When Israel fires back, it's a war crime. A little crazy. Also, would Hamas do that? Would they give four-hour pauses? No. No pausing. 
And then Israel's heritage minister was asked in an interview about using a nuke on Gaza. And he said, that's one of the possibilities. He was fired, not allowed in the cabinet meeting anymore, disavowed by the prime minister. Would that happen in reverse? So enough of the moral equivalencies, please, he added. It says, and I'll finish here. Um, the HBO star reminded the panel not to forget that Islamic fanaticism part of Hamas because you're not supposed to talk about that anymore because if you do, even if realistic it is, it becomes Islamophobic. But it's true. The people in Hamas who kill their own people think they're doing them a favor because they're becoming martyrs. That's a, that's a different kind of situation to have to deal with that Israel has that most people don't. Joe? I, I, I got to say, I kind of agree with Bill Maher. I don't know. I don't know why the media gets gets the back. It's it's almost like they're using the Palestinians for some reason as a shield. They're not reporting truthfully on what Hamas is, is doing or what's really going on. And it's it's coming from both sides. It always does. But I, I for the sure. life of me, I can't believe why the media, especially now after all the things they've been wrong about, why they would choose this battle and defend honestly terrorist organizations and they try to they try to use the words and they try to describe it as they're talking about the palestinian people but they're really not it's probably because they want a war it's probably because they want this because it's it's their overlords need it it's a money-making industry yeah that that's 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 the only it just it doesn't make sense You, you would figure too um what was the thing people were getting fired for saying the Jews are in the media? There's so many Jewish people in the media. You would think with all the Jewish people in the media, why would they be getting the sides of the Palestinians in a terrorist organization? Well, it's the same thing, Joe. Sense. It doesn't make any freaking sense. It's crazy. Makes no sense. A lot of these media organizations are controlled by Jewish people. Makes. And there, there's one last quote here. Um, and that is, uh, he also railed against the open letter signed by over 750 journalists urging newsrooms to embrace terms like apartheid and genocide to describe Israel's treatment of Palestinians. Mar says here, they couldn't be more pro-Hamas. They say that they want the newsroom to adopt words such as apartheid. I hear it all the time anyway. It's wrong. And I hear genocide. Again, wrong. Israel is not trying to commit genocide. The other side blatantly saying we would love to commit genocide on you. Joe, I don't think Bill Maher is wrong. I, I don't think he is either. And you you know how I feel about Bill Maher. I, I, I honestly I get annoyed sometimes when he makes a good point because I feel like he's just saying it to get views. He's not in it for the right thing because he's been on the opposite for so long on the opposite side. But I gotta agree with him for for almost every point he makes there. That's that's the way it looks, at least to me. Yeah. It's just it's so confusing because of all the points we made, none of it, not at all like crisscrosses and uh, I don't know. It, it 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 doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. So, all right, moving on here, Joe. This guy he was shot in the face. Uh, he is the uh, the leader of Spain's right wing Vox party, right? Vox. What does that mean? Voice in Latin, I believe, Joe. Vox Populi. Definitely not the yeah. It's definitely not the uh, Vox like we think here in America. No, go ahead. What, what this was in in a hell of a story. This guy's still alive, thank God. What, go what's ahead. his name? Alejandro Quadras or something? I don't even know his. What's his name? I don't even know. Uh, I'm not sure, but he would be what? He's in his 80s. To, the equivalent to Trump uh, in Spain. 
age and everything. Yeah, 78 years old. He was rushed to the hospital with a serious condition, but I guess he's expected to survive. He was shot in the face at some some kind of march in the nation's capital, I believe. Um, yeah. This is around 1.30 in the afternoon in broad daylight. The attackers, one of them was described as by the witnesses as a young small man wearing a motorcycle helmet, allegedly shot the politician in the jaw after loitering near his home, and I think they jumped back on the motorcycle and and fled again much like uh joe biden grand joe biden's granddaughter's attackers i don't think they've been caught yet but since then mark we've seen a lot of protests in the street um saying they don't they don't want uh what is it it's not communism leftism i don't know how they describe it there and i heard jack masobic compare this to the what is it the conquista from the 1400s when they the moors were pushed out of it's called the iberian yes, peninsula. i heard this the, the iberian peninsula mm-hmm. so i mean that's this is kind of a, this is kind of a big deal i mean we we have a what could be a popular i don't want to say uprising going on in spain something we haven't seen since uh, i i guess the last time we saw something like this was during the spanish Led to, it led to the Spanish Civil War. Let's just say that. And it went for the other side. Yeah. Interesting. And we saw Tucker Carlson in the streets of Spain. Yes. In the last yes. Uh, couple of days uh, marching with these people. Um, that's a whole different issue. We'll try to get to that next episode. But uh, interesting. But um, speaking of Tucker, do we have any new episodes coming out on Tucker? He was in Madrid at 24 hours ago. He was with uh, Trump at uh, Madison Square Garden for the UFC fights. That was over, awesome. Over the weekend, that was great. Um, did, you see, great uh, Bill Burr, did you see Bill Burr's wife was flicking off Trump? Yes. Yeah. But uh, breaking news, Joe, real quick before we uh, go over to our death camp of tolerance. Breaking news. <laughs> Speaking of San Francisco, I'm only bringing this up since we talked about Gavin Newsom in San Francisco. A Czech TV crew robbed at gunpoint while covering APEC summit in San Francisco. Can't make it up. Czechoslovakia. Oh my! Can you imagine what they're thinking here? Uh, no. <laughs> what a disaster San Francisco is. Thanks, Gavin. Um, uh, again, be, be giant giant news story. So I think the Czech Republic has like a very 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 low crime rate too. Yes, and they come here and, and get robbed at gunpoint immediately <laughs> at OPEC. <laughs> Probably just here, just enjoying their time, you know, doing their when, job. When, hey, when Americans go and cover the World Economic Forum, forum, they don't get robbed, I guess you could say. No. So, all right, go ahead on to the next one here, our next topic. Uh, okay. So, because it seems like every every couple of weeks, uh episode of South Park comes to life. A fight has erupted outside the Museum of Tolerance after the screaming of a film on Hamas. And I guess police had to respond to the Museum of Tolerance. It's a real thing. This was last week as multiple fights broke out in conjunction with the screening of footage depicting the Hamas attack on Israel. The 43-minute film bearing witness was touted as featuring extremely graphic and violent footage, and apparently it led to a giant melee. So Death Camp Tolerance episode of South Park. Apparently, I didn't know this until today, they have a tolerance museum here, or not there, over there in California. Yeah, so, Mark. Into the Pandaverse. You got to watch it, Joe. Into the Pandaverse. 
Speaking of tolerance, speaking of tolerance. Speaking of tolerance. Uh, the Catholic religion is known for its tolerance. And I believe Pope Benedict has lost his tolerance with a certain bishop for some Pope reason. Francis. Pope Benedict is, yeah. is dead. Yeah, what, am I, what, am, what am I talking about? What am I talking I almost said Pope John Paul. That's a that's a uh a uh what's the word, Joe? Um whatever. But um Bishop Strickland, Bishop Joseph Strickland from Tyler, Texas. Probably the one of the leading voices of conservatives, conservative Catholics and conservative Catholicism in the world, definitely in the United States, was literally removed by Pope Francis over the weekend. This is a shocking move that has shook many Catholics across this country, that he removed Bishop Strickland. Uh, he was uh, asked to resign, and he would not. So he is removing him as Bishop of Tyler, Texas. Um, I, Bishop Strickland has been an outspoken critic of, um, of Pope Francis and about how he handles uh, you know, LGBTQ you know, um, issues within the Catholic Church. In his, um, you know, crusade and war on the on the Latin Mass, in Bishop Strickland, I, I, I'm honestly like floored. When I saw this, I didn't think it was real. That's honestly what I thought. I was like, "This is this this can't be real. This has to be." This is this is like Tucker getting taken off of Fox News. Yeah, yeah, kind of. So um, much larger though, because you're talking about the salvation of souls and uh, oh, getting, yeah. people, getting people to heaven. But yes. Uh, same <laughs> along, along the same lines for sure. So uh, I'm not sure what's what's next for Bishop Strickland. Apparently he's unemployed, doesn't have a job now. He can't be uh, bishop of anywhere. So I don't know what what you do. Uh, he's not. He was invited by Mike Johnson. Were you going to get to that or now? I did not know this. No, go ahead. I think he was. Was he invited by Mike Johnson uh, to go to the Capitol and some kind of praying thing? I I, I thought that was him. I, I'd have to ch- fact check myself on this because this was just from today. Um, but the underlying issue here, Joe, is the, is the, the thirst for power in the, in the, uh, the quieting of any dissension out there. And, and we're seeing it on a global level. And Pope Francis is one of the people at the top of this global pyramid who are working to usher in this new world order. People can laugh and say this is some conspiracy theory, but when you're seeing it happen in the United States of America, in countries in Europe, uh, in, in the Vatican, in the Catholic Church, this can't be a, a one-off or a conspiracy. This is what's happening in this world unless we get enough people to push back. You know? Um, ha, ha, this is another one of those things. We can't set up an alternate, a parallel economy against the Catholic Church. I mean, we guess we could, you know, if you had enough people that would leave the Catholic Church, but that's not the answer to this. You know, so when Pope Francis dies, the College of Cardinals elects a new Pope. What will happen at that point, considering a lot of these Cardinals have been um, instituted by Francis, have been uh, brought on by Francis, you know, that share some of his ideology. I mean, we will need an, an absolute miracle to get someone who is a conservative in there to undo everything that Francis is doing uh, in, in the, uh, in Vatican city. So this is a horrible, horrible thing that happened to the church. 
the move of Bishop Strickland, I, I just wonder what um, people in his diocese are thinking. I mean, this is absolutely insane. I've never seen anything like this uh, in my life. But um, how, ra- how rare is this exactly? Extremely rare. Extremely rare. Especially for someone who is as faithful uh, and as, um, you know, adheres to the to the true faith, the Catholic faith. You know, not Francis. Francis is not adhering to the true Catholic faith. This is not. I, I understand he's been a critic of Pope Francis, but is like, is that like a th- in the Catholic religion? Is that like is that punishable by getting removed? You're you're not allowed to. It's not like politics. You know what I mean? It's not like is this this is the end of his career in in the Catholic religion, pretty much, is it not? Until until Francis is gone. Yeah, this is the end of his career. Correct. He's sixty-five. So, the, the retirement age is seventy-five. Jeez. Yeah. So, all right. Um, we'll keep moving on here. We'll wrap up soon. Okay. So we're gonna. There was a, another GOP debate, and uh, no one really noticed. Apparently, I'll, I'll play one sound clip. It was probably the best sound clip, and then I think Vivek fizzled out after that. But here. I can't hear that, Joe. Okay, uh, hold on one second. I'll bring I'll bring the clip up. Just give me a second. Do you want to talk about the debate for a second while I find the clip? Well, speaking of the debate, uh, we saw Tim Scott uh, bow out of the presidential race. So another one bites the dust. Uh, that was about it. Was about time for him to uh, to bow out. Uh, Tim Scott was going nowhere as a presidential candidate. Um, so now we're left with uh, Vivek, the sanctimonious, Nikki Haley, and Chris Christie. Okay, and here's the clip. Swami, let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Walker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because it's actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment ask you the Trump Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. I mean, it's a, it's a good sound bite. It's a beautiful, beautiful sound bite. Yep. And speaking of Vivek, let's stay on him real quick. I have one more sound bite from, from Vivek to uh, Fredo Cuomo. Here you go. Trailing <laughs> me for much of the time, but I realize 
Ramaswamy, why do you keep going at Nikki Haley? Why do you think this has been a bear for Chris, I don't know what you've been smoking, man. You and the rest of the mainstream media, it's laughable. Nikki Haley's been going after me the whole campaign. First debate, second debate. You know, she's been trailing me for much of the time, but I realize the establishment media has realized that there's a puppet they want to put up. I'm not playing that game. The grassroots of this country know they want a leader who isn't going to send us our sons and daughters to go die in foreign wars that racked up $7 trillion in debt. Dick Cheney 2.0 yeah. has taken over the GOP. Problem is the Democratic establishment media is now rooting for war, too. I'm the only candidate speaking for a true America first agenda on that debate stage, and I think we're going to be successful. Vivek, how are you going to bring people together when you just uh, put together a tapestry of conspiracies? You know that I'm not pitching anything about it. What, what are you talking about? Come on my show. There's no tapestry. She won't even come on my show. What are you talking about? That I'm sure Hold she doesn't. Hold on a second. I let you. I let you put it out there, and now you know I get to finish smoking, and uh, now I get to answer, which is. Um, oh, this is what the media is doing, is putting up Nikki Haley against me because the they know I'm the real they, they deal. Picked. Please. She That's hasn't even been on my show. Chris, I'm just please. watching you get you know slapped what? I, around I, I by her, Kristen and I'm Welker. wondering what your strategy you know, is. The fact of the matter is, Chris, that my strategy is calling out the mainstream media like I did to Kristen Welker at the start of that debate. I asked her about the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, told her to look the audience in the eye and apologize to them. Just like I'll tell you, you're part of the mainstream media despite pretending like you're not. Look the audience in the eye oh, and tell her to mainstream media. Mother. For all that happened, I'm part of the mainstream media. And you, and you, hey, listen. And you play the listen, same you games that the rest of the mainstream you media don't does. Take care of You're your doing family? it tonight. That's You're, fine. You've been, you have been, you have been covering for your you brother. Think, you have been playing you, a game. Uh, you were kicked off on CNN. So the, of course I helped my brother. Yeah, it, of course it, I do. You know what? That's been journalistic standards that have now been failed, not just by you, but by every member of the broken political media. So, yes, it is going to take an outsider in the media. And you want to look Everyone at Everyone in the media most is responsible for covering for my brother? See what I'm saying? 90%, you, you miss, 90% you of miss the media the is colluding with respect to pushing one, one answer Vivek. on the American public for the origin of COVID-19 to the Hunter Biden laptop story what to now which people they decide they want to put up as their puppets. What does any Donald of that have to do? Of the look. Blender. Yeah. Rebecca put Fredo Cuomo in a blender. I'm I'm smart, not like everyone else thinks. I could do things. Yeah, I was stepped over. He he is he is Fredo. Oh my! I don't care what people say about Vivek. I still like him, uh, and uh, um, you know, I, I I think hopefully, God willing, in a Trump administration, he will have a prominent prominent cabinet position. All right, we got to start to wrap things up here. Yep, go uh, ahead. Take it away. Uh, so apparently, um, Representative Tim Birch, and I believe he's from Tennessee, I don't know, and Kevin McCarthy got into a little bit of a scuffle where Kevin McCarthy came up from behind Tim Burchett and hit him with a few clean shots of the kidneys. Kevin McCarthy. Well, I was doing an interview um, with um, Claudia from NPR. Uh, a lovely lady, and when she was asking me a question, and and at that time I uh, got elbowed in the back, and it kind of caught me off guard because it was a clean shot to the kidneys, and I turned back, and there was there was Kevin, and um, and I, I for a minute I was kind of what the heck just happened, and then I, um, you know, I, I chased after him. Of course, he's a as I've stated many times, he's a 
He's a bully with $17 million in a security detail. You know, he's the type of guy that when you're a kid would throw a rock over the fence and run home and hide behind his mama's skirt. And he just, you know, he, he, uh, from behind that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's not the way we handle things in East Tennessee. We, we if we have a problem with somebody, I'm going to look him in the eye and, and talk to him. Okay. So he walked down the hallway, hit you in his out with his elbow. Yeah. You, you then, can, you can go on Claudia's Twitter account. It, it, it pretty much, um, or X account. It, right. it, it's, it's very accurate. But, okay. So then just explain. So you chased him. What, what do you mean you chased well, him? I just ran after him. I was like, what the heck? You know, why'd you do that? You know, cause it was, a. Uh, like I said, have you ever been hit in the kidneys? It's a little, little different. You don't have to hit very hard to cause a little bit of pain, a lot of pain. And, and so I, and he just, of course, um, as he always did, does, he just, uh, denies it or, uh, blames somebody else or something, you know, and it was just a little heated, but I just backed off because there wasn't any, I saw no reason. I wasn't gaining anything from it. Then, what is Mark? What is, what is going on in the halls of Congress right now? Wow. A physical alter, uh, altercation. What's that? A physical altercation. Right? Right? Incredible. This isn't the first time either. Remember whenever uh, they were doing the vote for the speaker in early 2023? I can't remember Mike Jones or who it was that fish hooked. Someone fish took someone. I can't remember. <laughs> they were they were going after uh, who was it? Gates, I believe, yelling at Gates, something like that. But oh, oh my, yeah. Well, uh, amazing. What a time to be alive. So, well, that's it. Uh, that's all we got for this episode. Episode number eighty of Thinking Logically. We want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, appreciate it. Please share please share this out. Drop us a line, thinkinglogicallypodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on TikTok, thinkinglogically underscore. And uh, that's about all I got, Joe. Anything else? No, just like the title of the episode is going to be, our true enemy has not yet revealed they themselves. This this entire thing is like, like the godfather with what's going on in California. It's just who who is the true enemy of America? So it's going to be fun to stay tuned and watch this evolve through late 2023 and 2024. All right, everyone. Have a blessed week and weekend, and we'll see you guys in a few days. Peace. All right, Joe.